Seville 1075 and 1260 Heart Healthy Listening for Central Virginia. WCHV is not intended to treat any actual medical conditions and should be listened to in conjunction with a well-balanced diet. Consult your physician before turning away from WCHV. Hey, the babies who don't have enough to eat Shoe the children with no shoes on their feet House the people Yes, public policy from the lyrics of a stoned 70s hippie psychedelia. Uh, that is your city of Charlottesville and four million of your tax dollars uh, heading on to buy a project that even Sam Sanders uh, had to admit uh, to the gathered uh, masses yesterday at the city council meeting. This is a real estate transaction to the benefit of the city of Charlottesville. The city manager says though it's a big buy, they don't have a plan for what they do next once they have the property. I have no idea at this moment exactly what will become of that site. You know, and I don't do a ton of big business stuff, but generally speaking, when you try to do something, a project of any kind, saying to somebody, hey, um, can I have $4 million I really don't know what we're going to do with it. I mean, I'm not Pete Snyder and the folks at Disruptor Capital, but generally speaking, if you said to Mark Cuban, hey, Mr. Shark Tank, I need $4 million, not really sure why, but homelessness. Only in public policy do you get that money. Only, only in the world of Marxism do you get that money? And and not even really Marxism, because I, I don't think the Soviet Union would have done a deal like this. Of course, there wouldn't have been the private property to worry about in the Soviet Union, so I guess that sort of precludes the analogy. But only in this democracy junkie world that we live in does the idea of taking four million taxpayer dollars generated by what we don't know to put people in, is this going to be a, a tent city? Are we going to build a structure there? Remember, it costs just for a single family dwelling almost $100,000 just to get a shovel into a ground. Now, I'm sure, you know, as you scale up to a, dormitory-style flop house, which I'm sure is right there in the city's comprehensive plan. We want to be a flop house operator. Oh, yes, no, 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 I just, base humanity, yes, they're off the streets. But are they better? They're better off. Now, I noticed that uh, Mark Van Meter, captain of the Salvation Army, was in attendance at the meeting. Are we going to tell the Salvation Army to stop their massive capital project to build a bigger, better shelter for their clientele and turn it over to them? I certainly can't imagine the city of Charlottesville sitting quietly by while a group that insists that you not drink or do drugs while you're in their care uh, 
and that you perhaps attend some Bible meetings, can't imagine they would be given the keys to, never mind Harold Bear and the folks at the Haven, you know, the, the, the Bears, he was a prison warden. You're not going to turn things over to a prison warden. No, the city will do this better. We will we'll get a city commission, just like we have the police oversight committee and the uh, was it equity and inclusion board or the, you know, their their version of the war on racism. And it will cost taxpayers a ton of money. And and I've got a quick question because I know, despite what the stereotype is quite a bit of our quote working poor listen to this program how do you feel this morning you feel like the city gets you you're struggling to make ends meet begging the city for some stipends to pay your flicker the flame bill you feel like the city managers got your back is spent four million dollars for Lord knows what, but it has to do with the people who have no jobs, no resource whatsoever. Allegedly, there are allegations of quite a few of our median men. Remember when the Seville Weekly coined that phrase? And everyone thought it was quaint. The median men, the people who stand in the medians and panhandle to varying degrees of effort. Some just stand there and glare at you. Some walk up and down and smile and talk to you. And some even try to play musical instruments until the police shut that down. But if you're part of the working poor, the average salary in Charlottesville is $34,000 a year, yet you need to make, I believe it is... 42. I've got to check the Orange Dot Project's numbers from their last report. If you're one of those folks who's working two or three part-time jobs and hoping that the new convenience store and maybe Bucky's over in Harrisonburg is hiring and, 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 and you're scrambling. I mean, you're doing what Americans have done forever. When you need... When you need to pay your bills, you're working as many jobs as you can. God bless you. It's sad that we've driven out so many of the jobs and then opened the door for people who need help in one way, shape, or form without question. Remember, homelessness is like many other manifestations. I draw the comparison to cancer because I can take the flack. Cancer is not one thing. Cancer is many different things manifesting in a similar way. The same way homelessness is. Some of it's mental illness. Some of it is poverty, destitution, hopelessness. Drug addiction, alcohol addiction, gambling addictions. All sorts of things drive people to be What's the word they like to use? Oh, the unhoused. See, see, and this is why I warned against, you know, when the city manager talked about the unhoused. 
So the implication of the phrase, the unhoused, is that it was somebody's job to house them. And now we see four million reasons the city is now going to try to house them. Meanwhile, the people who are working, you know, three shifts at three different convenience stores in Charlottesville and a fast food restaurant trying to make ends meet. What do you get? Is there a $4 million housing project for you? Has the Politburo said we'll, we will address your issues next? Oh, I'm sorry. My mistake. City Council. AM, FM, streaming, and now a smartphone app. The technology changes, but at your service since 1933. WCHV. So how do you spell money laundering? So so I want to thank Blair Hawkins uh, for this. So the property that the city wants to spend $4 million of taxpayer money on is apparently already land that they own, or at least half of it is owned by the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. So they, they've purchased several blocks, or half the block, and then the other uh, segment of the block, they'd be purchasing from other owners. So as Blair points out to me, that this $4 million purchase proposal that the city manager has is across the street from a 1972 urban renewal parking lot seized for affordable housing by the city. They've been trying to redevelop this controversial and historic superblock ever since. He uh, links back to one of his blog posts, Blair's blog from 2010. Four decades, apparently, this this area has been saying, um, his, his piece from 2010 says, the latest episode in a four-decade-long drama unfolded Monday as the uh, Levy site facing Garrett Street was attempted to be purchased and turned into affordable housing again. How many times is the city going to have to come back and try to you know, get affordable housing here. Yeah, back to Blair's post on this. The only concerned voice was 36 units seem like over-concentration for the area. The current uh, residents named the abuse of eminent domain, citing the attorneys who abused eminent domain on behalf of the city. Belmont residents in the area, voice concern on this Levy Avenue site. And so the city continues to spend bad money after good, and we have a 47% increase in homelessness. At what point do you stop and say, maybe I should stop and try something different? Even George Costanza, 
the mythical character from Seinfeld said, you know what? Today, I'm going to have opposite day. Everything I think is a good idea has turned out badly for me. So everything I think is a good idea today, I'm going to do just the opposite, Jerry. That's what we need. We need Charlottesville's opposite day. Good morning. You're on the air with Joe Thomas in the morning. Who's this? Hello, Joe. This is Blair Hawkins. Oh, hey, Blair. How are you doing? To answer any questions, any questions you got, four or five, whatever. So 40 years they've been trying to take all this real property in here. And so how much of it do they already own that they're going to try to do this, this money laundering scheme where they'll pay themselves for property they already own? Well, that particular block they've been trying to sell for 52 years is when they bulldozed it in 1972. And it was very controversial back then because of the people, the history, the people who owned it. And there's probably more controversy than I even know about because they keep trying to sell it every couple of years. And that my most recent link was 2010. And then, you know, I found more stuff on the Internet. But uh, I saw this CPS 19 story, and I couldn't figure out what the parcel was because I figured they would show it in the video. But I don't think they knew what it was. But it's that parking lot that's uh, across the street behind the building from the old Fox's Cafe, the old Burger House. Mm -hmm. And and famous people live there. The the guy who owned the property where the, uh, uh, the parking garage on Main Street is now or Market Street parking garage, he lived there, and he donated land that extended out to the X building from Garrett uh, way back in the day, 1928. So that's, uh, Belmont was developed starting in 1891. It's got a lot of history, and nobody, and the most expensive property on that block was Hensley's Radiator, which was just mm. built in 1964. And then the block was torn down in 1972. So that'll tell you the difference between the south side of town and the north side, where over at Vinegar Hill, you had the Moody Oldsmobile dealership, dealership which was built in the 1950s. It survived Vinegar Hill clearance, you know, so he had some pull, but over in the south side of town, these people didn't have any pull. Hensley's radiator is still there. I mean, it's still in town, but they had to move, and nothing is there but a parking lot for 52 years, and so the city rent the parking lot for one dollar a year from the housing authority the housing authority is the city department so mm-hmm. i kind of think of it as imagine that i'm a married so i have a married name and i have a maiden name so i pretend like i'm doing business with two different people but it's really one person right it is money laundering where's this money going to yeah it's it's, it's going into the problem hey blair yes. Blair, I'm up on my news here. Can I hang on yeah. to you? Because because I, this pop property also popped up in the whole uh, who owns the parking garages issue. Um, uh, I guess that's almost a decade ago as well. Hang on a second. Blair Honkin, Blair's blog online, uh, talking about this uh, money laundering scheme in the city. Oh, there's a solution.
Public policy from the lyrics of psychedelia from the seventies. That's how that. And if you really want to understand Charlottesville, that's, that's where our public policy all seems to come from. Uh, there's something Lloyd Snook probably you know hung out in the back of a '69 Chevy listening to uh, when it first came out. So the city manager from last night's city council meeting on this four million dollar uh, purchase of land they already own in some case. This is a real estate transaction. I have no idea at this moment exactly what will become of that site. And that's my favorite part of it is 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 even through all this, he has no idea. He has no plan as to what to do. And I know that in private industry, if you go to like Mark Cuban or Pete Snyder and say, hey, I need four million dollars. And they say, well, what, what are you going to do with it? I, I don't know yet, but I need four million dollars. It, it's usually... You know, I've watched enough Shark Tank to know that's usually the winning bid right there. A man who's chronicled the housing malaise in Charlottesville for decades uh, that I've known him. Uh, he is Blair Hawkins, property rights, but also, you know, what what are done with these uh, neighborhoods and, and how the city sort of just rides roughshod over them and to reign with their impunity is on with us. Blair's blog online. Uh, Blair, you were telling me that the, the property in question partially is already owned by the city? No, I know that um, the image might be misleading, but those uh, 10 lots on that block were seized in 1972, and two they were sold under threat of condemnation. And uh, the city's been trying to sell that property ever since for 52 years, and this is the latest iteration of their attempt to, I don't know what they're going to do, I don't, I don't know why they can't sell it because other housing authority has sold other properties to people other than that they know people are watching this block and they know this is a high profile block. I've been watching it and reporting on it. Now this will be 24 years. So what makes it, it surprise me? So what makes this a controversial block? I mean, we, we've chronicled the history of Vinegar Hill and why that was controversial. What makes this part of Belmont? Uh, controversial and in, in why they haven't been able to do anything there for 52 years. And, and again, I will I will stick yeah. a pin in the premise that the government is the one that should be building houses and housing and things like that um, is a bad idea in the first place. But anyway, so what makes this you know the, such a controversial spot? Well, I can't say for sure, but if you look at the original redevelopment map for Garrett Street Urban Renewal, there's this little piece that sticks out into Belmont. And uh, I guess you might call that an encroachment onto other people because uh, the Garrett neighborhood was very old from 1860. And uh, so, you know, if they could have just torn down the blighted houses, the dilapidated houses, everybody would be happy, but they couldn't stop. And uh, on this block, they showed it pretty clearly because there was a brand new Hensley's Radiator shop in 1964. So so you think, oh, urban renewal. The truth of urban renewal is not what you think it is. It's mm. not tearing down blighted houses. It's tearing down brand new properties also. And it, it's transferring property from one private owner to another. And that's what makes it uh, forever controversial. And uh, you keep seeing the controversy pop up in news stories where they can't say 
the origins of this property or how the how the housing authority acquired the property mm-hmm. or even identify the property properly. You know what I'm saying? Like I saw the video and they showed, I thought it was Fox's Cafe, which shut down. But it's right across the street from uh, Charlottesville Lumber, which became uh, Better Living. Mm-hmm. They changed their name in 1968. And they left the city in 1981. They owned some of these parcels. So in Charlottesville, all roads lead to urban renewal. It's just way bigger than people think. And, and that's eminent domain to seize and sell property. And, and, and that's and, what makes it controversial. As I've read your stuff, Blair, over the decades before I ever came to Charlottesville, it seems like it's urban renewal, and there are there are different flavors of urban renewal. There's, you know, let's yeah. let's move the black neighborhood out of here and put a highway here, and we'll put them all in public housing. That's kind of what happened in in Vinegar Hill. Um, right, they, but uh, it's not personal. It's not personal. You just happen to own the cheapest property. That's all. Right, right. But that's, then there's that's also how they say it. yeah. Then there's the croniest you know, grabs where it's like, okay, we're going to buy this property from you, call it urban renewal, um, you know, do do some things on it or, you know, set some things in motion with taxpayer dollars like tax increment financing, redevelopment plans, you know, downtown beautification, stuff like that, and then sell it to somebody else um, who then, you know, profits off of the increased value of that property. Um, and, and meanwhile, the taxpayers are left holding the bag. Yes, that's absolutely right. And uh, so they'll threaten you, and they'll get cheaper. They'll buy it for a cheaper price, and uh, they'll improve it, and they'll get all the money. So all the risk goes to the public, and all the profit goes to the private citizen. And uh, it's been going on for a long time, and it goes on everywhere. So people say, oh, well, it's nothing we can do. Well, we can do something. We can talk about it. I mean, well, you call it out, and and this is why the controversial, you know, passage. And and I will remind the city council the the constitutional amendment that guarantees citizens the right to get into court and and to and if they beat the city uh, in a condemnation process. They're trying to take your property because they'll come in, and this is the if you've never had this happen, it's oh, yeah. frightening. They come in and they say, "Well, we're going to condemn your property. Here's our bid. Maybe maybe you think your property's worth three hundred thousand dollars, and they offer you one fifty. And you say, "Well, no, my property. You just assessed it. You you charged me taxes for three hundred, and then they say, "Well, we're going to condemn it, and now we'll only give you fifty because it's condemned." And you're not going to be able to sell it on the open market because it's condemned. Um, you can fight that now and make the city pay your court costs if if you have to. If you win, yeah, yeah. And 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 these it became easier in a in a constitutional amendment that I want to remind city council carried the city sixty five thirty five despite the Democratic Party actively campaigning against it. Um, and it still carried the city 65 to 35. So before, you know, Michael Payne or, or, uh, Juan Diego Wade, you know, weighs in on this, they ought to think that the city, as much as they think it's left wing, this core conservative principle about sovereignty on your private property and, and private property ownership is still, uh, a, a politically, uh, electorally popular idea in the city. Well, I agree, and that amendment has one little glitch that I think is they took out the blight, which I'm glad of that, but they added public nuisance, 
which both of those terms are so broad that you could like drive a tractor trailer through, and they have many times convoys of them. And uh, but anyway, yeah, that's an improvement, and uh, that's right. Nobody likes that, but the urban area way more share of their oh yeah uh, imminent domain abuse, and you see the problems that arise from it mm-hmm. without and, question. You know, and that, yeah. And, and I, I'm going to reach out to Neil, who's been covering this, you know, as far as the, the zoning and everything. But the first thing that jumped out of me at this is how does this fit into this whole new rezoning, upzoning uh, thing they voted on right before they changed city council? That's that's my first well, question on this. Uh, I will tell you, it's magic. It does not fit, and it does not have to fit. Once you allow eminent domain for private use, as you start down that road of breaking rules, and then the south side of Charlottesville is the Wild West for zoning. Mm-hmm. And you can do anything. You can get a PUD that's like a, a exemption from zoning, a, a private. Well, I don't know what that stands for anymore. Development, mm-hmm. unique development. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that is. So when people say when people say zoning this, my zoning, forget about that. Zoning doesn't matter. It's arbitrary. You can go to the zoning board and get it rezoned for whatever. You know, as long as your neighbors don't come and complain. Well, yeah, there's you know, that. Too much. Yeah. But, yeah, that was that. <laughs> well, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you know, and I said, I had to say this, you know, obviously I don't want to see, you know, when we're 18 degrees outside, you know, people without a, a place to live. And, oh, but there are fixes. To. There are fixes for that that aren't just buying up a piece of land, saying uh, we don't know what we're going to do with it. I, I can only imagine that it's going to become a tent city if you, if you're not careful, um, because people are just going to go there. Um, and, and and meanwhile, the working poor of Charlottesville, making you know forty grand a year, trying to pay their bills, uh, they're they're getting the high hard one because their taxes, whatever they are able to pay, are going to fund this, and they can't afford their housing. Yeah, I mean, yep, that's true. Uh, it was kind of explained to me before. Uh, that a lot of money in Charlottesville comes from outside of Charlottesville. So, like, we pay for every dollar we pay, a dollar forty comes back to Charlottesville. So, we're Charlottesville is not really responsive to the citizens in many ways mm-hmm. because yeah. of the at-large system and because of how, how taxes come, you know, back from the, the state. In many ways, it's, it's like Charlottesville is under foreign control, under occupation <laughs> of foreigners, and you know, it's rare to find a. Uh, native Charlottesvillean. I moved away. I'm over in Waynesboro, the center of the universe. May I remind you? <laughs> they, so well, I you don't know, miss Charlottesville. <laughs> but but let's not forget. But I do have a lot of knowledge. Well, and and beyond, you know, just you know the stuff that comes back from the state in patronage. You've got Albemarle County and the revenue sharing agreement, so they're on the arm for this as much yeah. as anyone as well. So um, that's unresponsive money it goes to a general fund. So yeah. there's a lot of money that Charlottesville doesn't really. They don't have to like do the right thing. No, they. But this is. Yeah. I, I. My worry is this is just one of those. You know, uh, uh, look at us. We did something. We have no idea what something that's going to be. But now leave us alone about the homelessness because we did something. And and I find that to be t- all too common in city council as as less dysfunctional as they were before. Um, I still see the same behavior of oh look we we can say we did something now leave us alone. 
Yes, they keep doing that. The newspapers keep covering for them, you know, for some reason. They, this knowledge about this parking lot is easy to find. My blog comes up on Google search, yeah. you know, pretty high. And you can go search it independently. I give the deed numbers and pages, you know, because you know, extraordinary claims need extraordinary proof, and I have it. It's there for anyone to see. But, yeah, it's Charlottesville's messed up. So, But just because every other community's messed up, there's no reason to just not say anything. And all I can do is speak out and, and write blogs. And well, and thanks, it's... Thanks it, for Google. You know, I complain about Google. We all do. But my blog is there from, you know, 2007 is when that story broke. And it's still there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at least Google is stable from my point of view. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, as far as finding these things, and again, Blair's blog, um, the superblair.blogspot.com. Yep. Google, Blair Hawkins, Charlottesville, and pops right up. Thank you, sir, for calling in. I appreciate the text and even more so the conversation that followed it. I appreciate you calling in. Sure. You guys get rid of that housing authority. We got one over here, too, and I live in public housing now. As old, disabled, prostate cancer, but hey, that's just irony of life. Yeah, I, I know. Like I, I said, I never prayers. blame the people, the residents or the citizens. It's the system, it's the institutions that we need to reform. So people are just in hard, hard situations. Oh, I do. And, so and it gets harder. Job. Yeah. And, and, and not having the, you know, economic opportunities in the city. I remember when Buddy uh, Weber was chair of the Albemarle GOP and he had that wonderful plan of homesteading and trying to get the city out, out from this, this reservation pro- process of owning all this real property in the city. And, and the, the other side of it was, though, you needed to make sure these folks could find good career ladder kind of jobs that would pay the mortgages for these houses and things like that so they could create a general, generational change rather than just being stuck in, you know, some, some public enclave hoping that, you know, their calls get answered. Um, so prayers for you, my friend. And it's good to catch all up. Right. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Everybody. The last few years have gone. Can we just lease this year, month to month? Uh, some of those amendments to the public hearing and our dialogue. Your customer service hotline. WCHV.